This episode of the Restoration Today podcast is brought to you by Company Cam. Ready to ditch the disorganized texts and folders? With Company Cam, keeping track of the details of your restoration project is insanely easy, making communication between crews, insurance companies, and clients all the more streamlined. Photos can be annotated and users can create professional reports and branded before and after photos. Company Cam is the easiest way for restoration professionals to capture and organize job site photos. Visit companycam.com slash C and R to start your free trial and get 50% off your first two months. That's companycam.com slash C A N D R to get started. Hello there. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Restoration Today podcast. Today, I am excited to be joined by two lovely ladies. I'm always excited to have women on the show. It's, you know, in this male-dominated industry, we don't always get to, I don't get to have as many women maybe as I would like. So I am very excited to have Ashley Southworth, who is the COO, and Amanda Stickter, who is the Chief Production Officer of Virtual Vision. They are based in Wisconsin, I'm pretty sure. I started questioning myself as I was going to say that, but pretty sure it's Wisconsin. <laughs> so I have gotten to know them and Andy, I think the owner, founder of the company over the last few years at different trade shows, we've run into each other and things like that. So we are going to be talking about digital marketing, what restoration companies need to know about websites and SEO and all those good things, maybe breaking some of the myths and clarifying some things that are out there when it comes to digital marketing, because there's a lot to it and things are always changing. So ladies, thank you very much for joining me. All right, Ashley, I'm going to toss it over to you first and have you kind of introduce yourself and share your background a little bit. Sure, sure. I was going to say, usually as soon as they hear us talk, they know where we're from, at least me specifically. <laughs> I get it all the time. A very common thing in the trade Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was going to say, there's no doubt about that. Yep. Um, I've been with Virtual Vision, I think about three and a half years now, started on the marketing team and then kind of went to project management and now um, as the COO. So I kind of oversee a lot of items, sales specifically, working with our team. I meet a lot of people on the road. I love traveling, um, do spend time with Michelle at some of those shows, along with a lot of other vendors and just meeting our clients and new people. And it's been a great experience. And I'm excited to be here and just kind of share our views on things and how things change and what reality is and what's the truth and what's not. So I'm, I'm happy to be here, Michelle. What's the truth and what's not. All right, Amanda, go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> um, well, hey, I'm Amanda. Um, I'm the Chief Production Officer at Virtual Vision, and I have been with Virtual Vision for just over two years. Um, I always think it's funny, um, and I say this probably everywhere I go, but it's really ironic to me that I landed working in marketing specifically for restoration. I grew up in a restoration household. Actually, my dad owned a restoration or he owned a service master franchise. So it was like literally a part of my childhood to talk about water damage restoration and like what kind of job he was going to clean up that day. <laughs> um, <clears throat> prior to coming to Virtual Vision, I actually owned my own um, graphic design and marketing business. Um, and I've worked in marketing for more than 15 years. I love it. And I think this is a really um, unique industry to be able to do that in. Um, you know, a lot of the things that we talk through just don't apply to a lot of other like service-based industries. So when you talk about restoration, um, you can kind of like hone in on marketing in a pretty unique way. So it, it's been fun to dig into that and uh, meet so many people and hear so many stories as they work with customers. Yes. Okay. So for people who aren't familiar with virtual vision, give like a quick synopsis of what virtual vision is and what you guys do so that audience understands that you know where you're coming from. 
Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So we've been in business for 27 years now. Um, We've been in the restoration area about, I want to say going on six or so. Um, Very, very involved. We are very involved with the RIA. We go to a lot of Xactimate trainings. I always joke, I know so much about restoration. We could probably start our own uh, company at this point. Don't want to do that, but (laughs) know enough about it that that we could. And that's what we really value about being in such um, a specific market because the knowledge that we have goes so far with mm-hmm. marketing versus working with just a normal marketing agency that doesn't understand the verbiage and how the verbiage mm-hmm. can change regionally. You know, verbiage yep. in Wisconsin is very different than Texas and things like that. And it's really beneficial to be so deeply embedded um, yeah. in that. So that would be my, my two cents. I don't know if Amanda has anything to add. Yeah, I'll just add a little bit of like what we do. So um, we're kind of, we have a wide range of offerings and we work with a lot of different like verticals, not just restoration. We would say, you know, we're primarily service-based industry, um, but a lot of that is in the restoration space. And um, what we do specifically is we provide end-to-end solutions for our service-based industry. So like starting with the website development and building that out to fully managed digital marketing campaigns. And then our like niche that we're excited about is that we also offer um, return on investment tracking for our customers, which is a really unique thing for a marketing company to offer. So it is, it is. Okay. Sorry for those who can hear. My three-year-old is also present during this. People who are listening and didn't see his little Special head guest. <laughs> come up. Yeah, yeah. He makes appearances once in a while. Um, okay. So, all right. So that was a good segue, actually, talking about websites. It's, you talked about website design as being one of the mm-hmm. things. You so for restoration companies, what makes a good website? What do you need yeah. if you're a restoration company? Um, I'll speak to that a little bit if you don't mind, Ashley. So my background is primarily in um, design and websites. Um, so that that's kind of like, that's my, my thing that I love. Um, when you talk about like a website overall, I mean, obviously it's really important. Today's culture is like entirely digital. So much information is found online. So um, a good website should include like really basic information, name, address, phone number, um, easy call to actions. Um, But specifically, when you talk about a website for a restoration company, um, not only does it need to be easy to navigate, Mm -hmm. you know, when you talk about someone that's in a, um, a restoration emergency, like they have, they've had fire damage, they're standing in six inches of water in their basement, they don't care you know, like what all the text is on your site. And while I don't want to like brush that off because that's incredibly valuable and important to a site for the restoration industry specifically, it needs to be super clear cut on how to get a hold of that company and how to get a hold of them fast. Like I want to, I want to land on their page and know, okay, yep, they do water damage restoration and yep, they're 24 seven. So when it's midnight, I can still call them and know that they're going to be here to help me figure this out. Yes. Yes. Okay. Ashley, anything you wanted to add to that? Nope. I think that she covered it well. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. So you're talking about all of the text and words on a website and within the last, like, I don't know, seven to 10 years, maybe content became kind of king of websites and your SEO and all of that getting traffic. How important is that still? So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, yes, it's still incredibly important. In fact, um, in the last year alone, so Google likes to release updates. Um, they call their core updates um, on basically telling like what is it that they're focusing on that gets people to the top of their search page. Um, more recently in the last year, while SEO, which um, I'll just define for anyone listening who doesn't know, is search engine optimization. And pretty traditionally, that talks to like looking at what we call keywords that are embedded in your site as a user would search them. So for instance, going back to the water damage situation, if I'm standing in water, I'm probably going to search water damage contractor near me. Yep. So we yep. want to get on the back and like those keywords in your site. And those are still hugely important. No site can function well if you haven't thought through SEO optimization. Mm -hmm. um, but in the last year, Google's released hugely that while they look at keywords, while they wanna make sure that um, these things are a part of your site, they also want to know that your content is relevant and useful and authoritative to the people that are using it. So basically, I always, I actually just did another webinar for the last couple of weeks. And one of the things that we talked about was like, what does Google actually care about? Well, they want to know that you're trusted in the industry. They know that your customers actually like you and they want to know that you're a legitimate business. Okay. So uh, how do you do that through good content? Yes, that was a long answer. Just <laughs> no, but I think we've all been to websites where there's these super generic blogs that are like, you're not really bringing value. You're just trying to throw keywords in there every other sentence. And that's not yeah. really, yes, not really getting us anywhere. Okay. Not so I feel like, so the restoration industry, right? A lot of owners aren't super tech savvy, don't love doing all this marketing, especially online, digital marketing, all of that. So start with the basics of what SEO I'm so sorry, of what SEO is. What is search engine optimization and what does it mean for restoration companies and bringing in business? Mm -hmm. Ashley, you just like jump in whenever. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, Amanda very much so oversees the department that implements all these items. I definitely have the knowledge, but she speaks to it well. So I will step in as necessary. <laughs> so search SEO, um, search engine optimization, is literally exactly what the title says it is. We are optimizing your website to be found on a search engine. And we do that through the use of a lot of different tools. Um, you know, it, I'm going to make it sound like I'm going to give a real high overview. There's a lot of nitty gritty details. Um, but, you know, it, it's there for sure. So um, I'll just kind of give a high level overview. So basically, um, when we talk SEO, we're talking about things like the keywords. What is it that users are searching for on your pages? We're talking about things like, <clears throat> do the links that are on your page lead to other sites um, or links other places on your site? And are they, do they have a title tag, which means if I hover over them, does it give me a pretty title of what it is I'm going to talk through? Um, same thing with your images. It's not as simple as just slapping an image on a page and calling it good. There's actually a lot of extra code you have to add in for an image um, for title tags and alt title tags and um, all these different pieces that Google then looks at and says, yeah, they've actually thought this through. We know what this picture is about. Um, it's optimizing your site for accessibility as well. So that if you have like a, um, a screen reader reading through your site, it makes 
sense, um, yep. different pieces like that. So um, high level, it looks at the order of your site. Um, I'll, I'll put it one last way. A really good way to think about SEO is if I open a book that I'm reading, I can go to the table of contents and figure out where it is on that in that book is that the information that I want is SEO is kind of like that for your website. Okay. Okay. So I actually, let's talk about accessibility. What does that mean in 2022 and beyond? What is an accessible site and what does it take to make that, make the site accessible the way it needs to be? Oh, this is, this is a good question and it's really complex. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of different pieces as far as making a website accessible. Um, so again, high level, it involves looking at things like your color scheme and making sure that, um, you have a high enough contrast in your colors mm -hmm. that if you're looking at a black and white screen, you can see that differentiation. Um, the ADA has a lot of different rules as far as like what you have to follow for an accessible website to be labeled that way. Um, and more recently, in the last few years, Google has started scoring and ranking sites for their accessibility as well. So if you're not an accessible site, they're going to drop you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And speaking, I have a couple of things that I wanted to add to that. Yeah. Like one of the things, just to give a little bit more info, just so it's kind of understood is an alt tag is a term. I'm sure people don't know what that means. And really what that is, is it's a description of something if a person is not able to to view it so they have screen readers that they go through and literally read all tags to you like photo of a man standing in water you know that's just an example so those are some of the things that we're looking for in implementing along with you know a lot of other things that we can kind of get into but just to give a little bit of idea on what some of that verbiage is and and along that and to kind of piggyback piggyback off of that would be um usability desktop versus mobile and yes. I think this is a huge part of this. And I think we all know if I'm standing on water, I am not going to go get my laptop and open it up and find somebody to call. Yeah. Um, so we, we specifically in all marketing companies should be at this point, especially in this industry, focus very highly on user experience for the mobile. Mm -hmm. And it has to be quick. It has to be picked up the phone, show up, click it and call. Um, yeah. So we put a lot of time into that. Um, I mean, technology has advanced. Desktop is still valuable but the amount of users is minuscule compared to mobile these days. And that's a huge part that kind of falls into both of these categories of the accessibility and the SEO and, and yeah. visibility. And like Thanks you said, for restoration, you're not like, and for restoration, like, yeah, if you're, if, or your house is on fire, you're not like going to your computer and being like, oh, right. <laughs> yes, no. absolutely. Yeah. A, a site that's not mobile friendly is not worth much these days. If, if there's any issue, you're they're bouncing off that site immediately. I do it myself. And I usually want to reach out and be like, hey, I want to buy your cupcakes, but I don't know how your website works. <laughs> Let me help you. Can I help you? And yeah, we'll right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I totally feel that. Okay. So what are some of the most cost-effective ways for restorers to you know, maybe optimize their website and do some mark. Okay. So I've heard of contractors being like, Hey, I'm throwing tens of thousands of dollars at pay-per-click a month and just hoping something sticks. Sure. Sure. So what are some maybe more cost-effective ways to go about that digital marketing piece of things without just throwing a bunch of money at pay-per-click and hoping for the best? Ooh, who's going to jump at this question? <laughs> <laughs> I would um, say, I mean, my, I'll, I'll add a couple of things. First, um, 
accurate landing pages are so, so, so important. Like you said, you could throw so much money at pay-per-click. And if you have a landing page that is not accurately created and representing what you want, like call the actions, your money's out the window. Um, mm -hmm. So honestly, answer number one is hire a company to do it because it'll save you money in pay-per-click. <laughs> I mean, yeah. in my honest answer, but there's obviously a lot of options and tips that Amanda can kind of give on what makes a good landing page and how somebody could do that on their own. Yep. But number one thing, if you want the best landing page possible would be that in all reality, we're the experts. That's what we do. Okay. Yeah. And I'll actually take a step back from that in the sense of when you're talking about like, hey, I have no experience in marketing. What's something easy and free that I can do to help my business so there are um, a couple of things that I would say is the first one, get listed on Google. Um, the Google business profile is like key in um, verification for people. Um, Google has like the mass majority of the market for searches, especially for companies. And really that business profile is your passport to your customer. Um, mm -hmm. So when you're verified um, and you're, you're showing up there, your information is updated on a regular basis, it's correct. That's huge, huge, mm -hmm. huge, huge. And it's free. So mm -hmm. like, it's a no brainer. You might as well do it. Um, the other piece, and these actually all kind of interconnect with each other, um, but reviews are huge. Um, one of the things like that Google looks at outside of are you a verified business is do people actually like you? Um, so if you have reviews that you can go back and get or you have four or five star positive reviews, that's spectacular. And, you know, the more detail a customer can give in a review, what kind of job did they do for you? Where was it located? Was there someone on your team that helped? Can they give pictures? Any of those things like that, mm -hmm. that speaks volumes as well. Um, and this is all like very organic marketing based mm -hmm. um, because the reality is nine times out of 10, if someone sees that on your profile, they're going to go hop over to your website anyways. Um, but that's a really good starting point. Um, and then the other piece is like, just make sure that you're showing up in a lot of other places. Like Google is key and that's, really the mass, like where the majority of the market share is. Um, however, there are still other places and it's important that you are showing up in like multiple avenues as well. One of the things that I always say is you cannot put all of your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. um, so popping a bunch of money in a PPC campaign or a pay-per-click ads campaign is fantastic. But like, if that's all you're doing, and that's not where your target market is, well, then obviously it's going to fail. Yeah. So when we work with our clients. We try to say, we don't want to just put all your eggs here. We're going to go here, 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 and here, and we're going to see where it is that people are looking for you. And then we can adjust and optimize from there. Mm -hmm. So don't put all your eggs in one basket, show up on Google and get reviews. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So another good segue. So how important is social media to kind of this puzzle and being known? I know personally, if I Google or go search for a company and they don't have a Facebook page, I'm like, uh, that doesn't bode well for your business. Like, I don't know if I believe that you've got a great business. If you don't have just a Facebook page, you don't have to have a ton there. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you post your last post was 2021, but if you don't have a Facebook right. page, I'm like, yes. No. Yes. So how important yeah. is it? I would say consistency across the internet is so massively important. Will it always be lead generating? 
Definitely not. But in the long game, it's so important to be branded accurately everywhere that you can. It might seem tedious to post a picture on Instagram, but if you're looking, if someone's looking and they want to see how credible you are, they're going to look at your, like you just said, they're going to look at your Facebook. They're going to look at your Instagram. If you have one, the more of those social medias that are connected to your company, the more credible that you look, the more target audiences you're going to reach. Like Amanda said, it's multi-channel, you know, people who are, they say Facebook is the number two used search engine, which I think is crazy. I didn't, I learned this recently. Yes, it is wild, but I do believe that it's that younger generation. Like yeah. I do it all the time. I search things on Facebook and I, I see what I can find. Um, so that I would say it's very important, especially for branding. I would never suggest like, Hey, Facebook's a huge lead, a uh, huge lead gen for a restoration. Definitely not the case. Um, right. can it be in certain situations utilized correctly? Yeah. But when it comes to presence, that's, that's really the main purpose of that. Yeah. And I think too, like, um, you know, certainly like the digital way of searching for things is always changing. That is just the reality of digital marketing and being found online right now. Like our generation looks on Google and we look on Facebook the generation coming up, they're like, oh, Facebook, I don't want to use that. So, you know, there's definitely that level of like, it might not always be the tried and true, um, but there is an importance. And the importance isn't that you're constantly like, you know, posting everywhere, but consistently like being there and showing up. That's, that's what matters. Ashley hit that on the head. So if people are starting to shy away from Facebook, where in the future do you see us going? What are the platforms that you see are the up and coming where you have to be? And please don't say TikTok. I was going to say, I bet you can guess one. Facebook <laughs> <laughs> is uh, old. I'm like, oh, but do we have to? The I toughest know. part about TikTok is really, if you're going to be on that platform, the most successful thing is to have your own team do it. Yes. Having an agency do it can work for ads maybe and certain things that are very obviously an ad. Yeah. But if you're looking to grow your presence, you're going to have to have an internal team going on job sites and showing crazy amounts of water and houses. That's yeah. what people care about. So as much as we hate to say it, TikTok is going to be, and it already is, it yeah. already is where people are finding success. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think too, like that's also like, you know, it's probably not going to be the lead generator. Mm -hmm. And that's what's important yes. to understand is that like, it might be a really cool opportunity of a, you know, short video of like a before and after that you did, or that's like what you see, you know, on the trend or the rise. Um, it, but again, it's not what's like paying the bills, mm -hmm. but the importance is still that you're showing up so that when someone is standing in water, they're like, oh, oh yeah, that's the first name that comes to my mind. I didn't have to think about it because I've already watched all your videos. So I know who you are. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I think Ashley, I think you brought this up at the beginning. I want to go back to that conversation about marketing ROI. And that's something that you're offering and how to track ROI. So talk, talk to me a little bit about that. What does that mean? What is the marketing ROI offering? And what does that mean? Sure. Have at her, Amanda. She's our go-to <laughs> girl on speaking on this topic. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so, you know, 
the effective pieces, I'm going to step back because this is, again, like Ashley said, the thing that I get to speak about um, anywhere that we get a chance to speak. Um, so, you know, there are five really essential components to a digital marketing strategy. Um, the first is having that multi-channel approach. So not putting all of your eggs in one basket, knowing your target market in your area, which that's not too challenging for people, but like how targeted can we actually be? Um, transparent results and reporting. So not just like a, Hey, yeah, we're going to share with you what, you, what we did, but like realistically yeah. tried this and it didn't work the way we were hoping. Let's have a conversation about that, which leads right into personal and consultative account management. Someone that's on your team, someone that's having the real conversations with you. And then it all sort of leads down to the last piece, which is that return on investment um, tracking. Mm -hmm. All of these pieces in a digital marketing campaign are really good. But if you don't know that it's actually bringing in money to your business, what good is that for you? You don't want to throw thousands of dollars away on a pay-per-click campaign if you don't know that it's bringing you the leads. Yep. Um, so our team developed a new tool. We call it leads to jobs. So like quite literally, we take, we calculate the leads that we bring in through our digital marketing that turned into jobs, so leads to jobs, um, and then calculate the financials of that. So how much did it cost you to get seen by that job? Mm -hmm. how, what was the estimate on that job? If it was closed one, like what profit did that bring in for your business? And then calculating that percentage so that you always know here's the return on my investment for my digital marketing. And a lot of companies, the reason why this is so important and such a differentiator is that a lot of companies will give you the details about, hey, we got you this many calls this month. We got you this many leads. Yeah. But that marketing, that information is only beneficial to you as the business owner if you know that it's actually growing your business. Um, and so our team really like we take pride in the fact that we take it one step further to look at your data and say, we want to bring you all of this information. We want to give you all of the data, but we also want to make sure that what we're doing for you is beneficial to you as the business owner so that we can grow your business together. Mm -hmm. I love that. How do you set expectations up front when you're talking to new clients? It can be hard to know what to expect when you're going into, you know, digital marketing and especially if you're new to it. So how do you set those expectations? Yeah. Um, so I usually am the one that sits in when we kick off um, projects with clients. So I'm a part of all of their initial meetings from kickoff until the like launch of their project. And one of the things that I will always ask in the first meeting, which usually gets people talking and thinking, there's like that moment of silence huh? before they before they share. Um, but I always say, okay, let's look six months down the road. In your mind, how will we know that virtual vision has been successful for you? Um, and then we usually start bringing that conversation back to, okay, if you have a financial goal, what does that equate to for your business? Like, here's your average job. How many leads does that mean for your goal? We need to try and get you per month. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, that will depend on if you want 40 leads, but you have a $500 pay-per-click budget. Well, that's not realistic. So then let's, re let's set those goals together to what we believe is a realistic level and have conversations about that as we continue down the line. So um, one of the things, like I said, is that's a big part of a digital marketing strategy is 
consultative account management that's personalized, um, not just someone who sits in front of you, shows you the numbers and then hangs up the phone, mm -hmm. but someone that can say, hey, we know that this is your goal. So how close are you based on where we've we've taken you um, and and, you know, what then is our projection to get to that? Yep. OK. All right. Lots of great stuff here on websites and digital <laughs> marketing and social media and TikTok, which so I know <laughs> I'm not that I it's funny. I feel like it sounds silly for me to say I'm not that creative because I run a magazine, but like that kind of creative is a different kind of creative, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, creative. I find myself sucked into that more than I'd like to admit at times. <laughs> <laughs> I can doom scroll watching other people just fine, but trying to think that I'm going to do some of this myself. I'm like, I don't know, but anyway. Yeah. All right. Anything else that you think that we should touch on? Anything else you want to add in that we haven't talked about? Uh, the only thing that I wanted to add in just kind of a one more piece off of that ROI reporting that we do is we even go as far as talking about closing rates mm -hmm. um, and closing the percentage of that. And, and that's not always an easy conversation. You know, yeah. there's times where, we're very specific about understanding what is a qualified lead for your company, because it can vary. It can very much so vary. Like a, a $10,000 job to one company might be peanuts to another company that's looking for $100,000 jobs. Yep. So mm -hmm. it's, it's very variable. So we'll really understand what a qualified lead is and whether or not you guys, you know, the client's missing an opportunity of, you know, you, you say that this job 30 minutes away isn't worth your time, but like that job could have been huge. You may be missing the mark on not going to those estimates and things like that. So we have a lot of those hard conversations in our consultative um, meetings, just talking about, Hey, your closing percentage was 10%. Like that's not good. You know, why pay us to get you leads when you're not utilizing the ones you're getting? So we're very, very honest with some of those things. Not always an easy conversation, but we want what's best for our clients Yep. And we'll look to get that in any way. So that's kind of part of our process. Okay. Well, ladies, this has been a pleasure. Amanda, Ashley, thank you very much for being here. I look forward to seeing you at trade shows in 2023. I'm sure we'll cross paths many times. I'll maybe have to steal some chairs from your booth again. We'll see. Always. You can go the other way. Maybe you can steal mine next time. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you both have a great rest of your day. Thanks for the chat. Thanks, Thanks Michelle. Michelle. For more restoration today, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com, or find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts.